Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host. Could not do this show without him. He's our editor-in-chief and our founder here at Rocket Sports Media, and that would be the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Happy to be here. Lots of things happening with uh, us leaping um, into trades and the trade deadline coming up and uh, starting to get those big trades happening. And and that has Mm. significant impact for uh, the AHL as well. So we're always happy to keep an eye on that. Absolutely, it does. Uh, And I imagine that now that we are officially less than two weeks away from trade deadline day, as you say, it's going to start heating up. Uh, I know there was a trade that went down last night between Pittsburgh and Minnesota, um, which, of course, Hams fans had their two cents about uh, the Alex Galchenyuk portion of that trade. But <laughs> there will be <laughs> one way, one opinion or whatever end of the spectrum you were on. There were opinions to be had about that trade last night. Um also to the reports that uh, allegedly Pittsburgh inquired with Mark Bergevin about Max Domi and Bergevin because, you know, the roster is so well set in Montreal and, you know, no help needs to be had said, I'm sorry, Max Domi is not available. Um, so if, uh, if that's how we're going to start trade season um, with a GM who really needs to be a seller, uh, going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And uh, as you say, we'll be sure to, keep our finger on the pulse of all of it. Um, but that means we have uh, pl- oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Before I get to today's agenda. We we can move along. We've got a lot on the agenda. No, no, well, so we should really uh, no. we should really get right into it. We have no time really? to to dally around and and uh, waste time on national National, the National Day calendar. I mean, National Pepper, Peppermint Patty Day, and nobody needs to know about that. We need to move right into the meaty material. No time for banter at the beginning of this podcast. I'm sorry. Well, it's it's you know I concur uh, because you wouldn't want to talk about anything that was just frivolous. However, me whooping your butt in fantasy all have fantasy hockey last week is. Certainly not frivolous, and it's what the listeners want to know about. Um, granted, you worked your way back into it a little bit by the end of the week because I had a solid nine to one lead on you at the beginning of the week. You ended up with a what was it a seven to four loss? I think something like that. Respectable. But, um, it was respectable. Uh, it was res- absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. I just thought I'd put that out there. That um... and my dear co-host for uh, Canadians Connection, um, Joseph P. Whalen. I've had is, enough is of his middle Joseph name P. P. Whalen. I, I don't know. What's that? <laughs> we'll have to ask him what his middle name is. I have no idea what his middle name is. Um, but he's uh, we're matched up. Um, and and Monday, I mean, how many players do you have in the lineup on a Monday? And um, seems he already has an eleven nothing lead on me uh, this week. <laughs> so we'll have to yeah we'll have to uh we'll, have well to i see that he's paying managed attention to, to that league i think i i see he's managed to 
worm his way back into first place in that league. Like he thinks he's just going to quietly repeat this year. Mm. Um, so we need to, we need to buckle down folks. We need to buckle down. So I'm sorry. I just had to defeat you last week, but it had to be done. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see what you can do against Joseph this week. So you've worked be your the... way up from what, what were you in ninth place, eighth place? I don't. I don't Shut I don't... up! I think I'm in fourth place now. I think. Okay. Something like that. Uh-huh. Something like that. I've been beset by injuries. That's what my problem. I in, really? in bo- I, I'm too fantasy. Has nothing to do and... with how often you check your roster. Well, it has a lot to do with that. <laughs> an awful lot to do with that, too. Yeah, admittedly so. Honestly, if I didn't, because it's so different than fantasy football, where, you know, you're in there a couple times a week and that's it. I, but for fantasy hockey, if I did not have it that it was one of my uh, tabs that automatically open when I start my computer in the morning, I'd I would completely forget to look at my roster, but since it, I, I have now forced myself to have to see the tab when I open my computer in the morning. Um, it has helped a little bit, hmm. a little bit. We do, however, have a great show for you today. Uh, lots of information to talk about. We are going to kick things off be, uh, with some talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, Flyers fans and Phantoms fans. As we promised last week, we were in the building on Friday night at the PPL Center when the Phantoms took on the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, that was their first home game since before the AHL All-Star break. So they had been, it had been almost two weeks since they had been on home ice. Um, and it had some struggles along the way in between. So uh, we'll give you the full update on that and give you an update on, um, you know, some of the prospects we took a look at and, and things that Scott Gordon had to say to us uh, when we spoke to him after the game. Uh, so we'll talk a bit about the Phantoms and uh, the Flyers prospects in general before we switch gears to the Laval Rocket and do a little bit of the same thing. We'll tell you uh, how their three-game week went last week, uh, one game at home against Utica, and then they kicked off the first two games of their five-game road trip over the weekend. So we'll break down how all of that went, talk a little bit about, hey, this here's something we haven't talked about with Laval all year, the changes in goaltending. Oh, wait, we do talk about that that all the time. Uh, So there's more information. There's new information. Things have changed yet again. So we'll bring you up to speed on that, as well as talk a little bit about team chemistry, because we've been hearing an awful lot about team chemistry this year. And so we want to give our two cents on that as well. Uh, Before in the second segment, we head around the AHL. We'll talk about the player of the week for the AHL. Uh, Some really Big news um, that actually our friend Patrick Williams uh, kind of previewed for us when he was on the show last week um, that then turned into a major piece of news uh, after that podcast uh, within a day of that of our podcast airing last week and that interview with Patrick. uh, There was some big news about um, Vegas. Uh, looking to have their own AHL affiliate. So we're going to bring you up to speed with that and all of the the domino effects, kind of chaos, chaotic reaction and and so forth that's happened because of it. Um, 
And we'll, of course, we'll take a quick look at the league standings as well, because it is now almost the middle of February, which means we are almost uh, exactly two months uh, away from the end of the regular season, believe it or not. Uh, the Laval Rocket hit their 50th game of the of the year uh, over the weekend, which means they've only got 26 left. Uh, so it's getting to be that time where points do really matter and the standings uh, are going to change constantly. And then finally, in the third segment, we're going to go beyond the AHL. And uh, here's another thing we never talk about, Trois-Rivières. Would you believe that there's another <laughs> update about the debacle that is whether or not an ECHL affiliate is going to come to Quebec uh, this fall or not? Uh, Rick has an update for us on that. I feel like, you know, there's just like, we should just have certain segments, the goaltending segment, the Trois-Rivières segment. It's like, it's, they're the evergreen topics, uh, but that's our job. We are the ones uh, who are tasked with staying on top of these things so that you don't have to, and we'll bring you up to speed like we're going to do today. So uh, yeah, lots of good fun stuff to talk about today. Trois Riviere has never been mentioned so much on a podcast. <laughs> never, never. No. I think they're. I think they should. Um, I think we should get a kickback for their new tourism board or tourism something. Board. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I think so. Maybe they'd want to be a sponsor. Maybe the mayor would like that better. If if you know, we just promoted the city of Trois Riviere every week. You know, I'm sure we could work something out about that. Patrice Bergeron. Or not Mark Andre Bergeron could Mark Andre yeah. Mab yeah not Mab I digress so let's kick things off with a little bit of talk about the Flyers prospects and then we have LA Phantoms Rick we uh, had the privilege of being at the PPL Center on Friday night and um, it's the first time that the Phantoms were home since before the AHL All Star break. And after all-star festivities were done, they went out on the road for a few games. And uh, if, if fans will remember before all-star break, they were riding on a, on a nice little win streak that they had finally started to put together. And well, that came to a screeching halt, unfortunately, after the all-star break was finished, um, as has been the case for most of the season, uh, the Phantoms have really struggled on the road this year, and that happened again on this most recent road trip. So Friday night uh, was their first night back on home ice. And as luck would have it, the lamp was getting lit left and right. Um, it, was a re- it, was a, it was a defensive game, uh, and the defense were the ones for uh, the Phantoms who were really stepping up. Now, keep in mind, um, Alex Lyon at the time was still recalled to Philadelphia on emergency status because of Carter Hart's injury. Uh, he was actually just returned to Lehigh Valley, I believe yesterday. Uh, if not yesterday, it was Sunday. It's just within the last 48 hours, uh, because Carter Hart, uh, came back from injury last night and actually played in Philly, um, last night against the Florida Panthers. Um, so Alex Lyon was up. That meant J.F. Barube had the net and Kirill Ustamenko was up from Reading as the backup. J.F. Barube had um, posted a shutout in his last appearance in the crease. And Rick, oh, I know he said it wasn't a big deal after the game when we spoke to him, but he came so close 
one minute and 20 seconds away from back-to-back shutouts. Um, the, the Phantoms defense managed to shut down Springfield all night long, um, and it wasn't until 18 minutes and 40 seconds on the clock uh, with a minute 20 left in the game uh, that the Thunderbirds finally were able to just find a little bit of daylight and get the puck past um, Barube to, to spoil the, his his consecutive shutout, but really um, a night of firsts. And it was pretty special to see guys like James DeHaas and Reese, Reese Wilcox, you know, it's the beginning of February and they're scoring their first goals of the season, uh, stepping up uh, and, and contributing when the Phantoms needed them the most. It was, it was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty decent game. It was entertaining. And uh, Barube said, um, in the last two minutes of the game that uh, the last thing he was thinking about was a shutout. Didn't say anything about after the game that, that it would have been nice. Well, that's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it, it would have been nice to have uh, two consecutive shutouts. But um, yeah, did, as you said, didn't seem uh, terribly bothered by it. Uh, but it was it was quite an evening for the, the Phantoms defense. Um, uh, both on the defensive side and offensive side. Um, mm-hmm. we, we won't ignore um, Kyle Crisculo, who had a goal and an assist. But other than that, uh, the, the three uh, players picked as the stars for that game, Reese Wilcox, Tyler Weatherspoon, uh, James DeHaan, all, um, all defensemen. Um, and they could have even added in Mark Friedman, who had a goal and mm-hmm. assist, another defenseman. Um, so it was it was the defense that uh, were bringing the offense um, for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms um, over Springfield and and in an opportunistic kind of way because for the most part it was um, a relatively even evenly played game although you have to give it to the Phantoms with respect to the special teams game they got a, a shorthanded mm-hmm. goal to open the scoring and then a then a power play goal uh, later on and an empty netter so. Um, yep. Full marks for the Phantoms. And, and, um, I don't, I don't know. I I think that, um, every time we've been in the building, uh, this season, they've won and, you know, it's not as if they're, they're at the top of the standings or anything, but, uh, um, we seem to be a bit of a good good luck charm for the uh, Phantoms, uh, this particular season. Absolutely. I should also mention, keep in mind, not only were they without Alex Lyon, they were also without Morgan Frost. Morgan got called up to the Flyers at five o'clock that day, two hours before puck drop. Uh, they decided it's, it's interesting. The day before they had recalled Andy Andrioff and then Flyers had their um, morning practice on Friday morning and I don't know if because of injuries and the way practice and lines looked at practice, I don't know if the Flyers thought, you know what, um, we're not confident we can have Andre off on the third line and sent him back and called Morgan Frost up instead. So Morgan Frost is now up with the Flyers. He's played two games with them since Friday. Um, and, you know, we just had spoken about this, uh, you know, recently about the things that he was needing to work on. Uh, he has told uh, our friend and colleague, Bill Meltzer, since uh, his call up on Friday that 
he's got a little less nerves than the than the last time, which was his first NHL call up. Um, so he knows what to expect a little more, and that he he understands more that they're that this back and forth between the NHL and the AHL uh, does need to continue to happen. He has said that he understands that um, the things that he needs to work on in his game. And I thought this was, again, Morgan Frost has, has some very uh, mature outlooks about things. And he, he did mention um, that he understands that the things that he needs to work on in his game to become a permanent fixture in the NHL are things that he doesn't need to just improve on, so that suddenly he's doing them, he needs to improve on them so that they become natural and a habit and things he doesn't have to think about like all of the other natural parts of his game. So um, he's doing okay up there so far, uh, but it did mean that the Phantoms were suddenly without Morgan Frost uh, very unexpectedly. In fact, Scott Gordon said after the game, you know, we practiced all week uh, special teams, with Morgan Frost, you know, quarterbacking the power play. And then two hours before the game starts, suddenly your biggest piece of the power play is gone. And now you have to scramble and put things together. So as you mentioned, uh, Kyle Criscolo with a power play goal. So good for, good for the phantoms on being able to recover and, and fill in where needed. Um, it's, 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 you know, but as Scott Gordon also said, that's, you know, that's kind of the, the hand you're dealt in the AHL. You're, you never know really until the puck drops, what lineup you're going to have every night because changes can happen in an instant. Um, we should mention that um, on the injury front, Rupsoff has not played. Uh, Rupsoff played Saturday night in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, and took a puck to the face that went up uh, high under his visor. So he did not, he didn't return to that game. And I don't believe he played yes uh, on Sunday in Hershey. So uh, keeping an eye on, on that for German Rupsoff. Um, unfortunate if he uh, goes down for any, any length of time, but we will be keeping an eye on that. Uh, so it was good to see, you know, and I also thought Rick, uh, we've been keeping an eye on Isaac Ratcliffe and, and I thought, those little things that Isaac Ratcliffe has been trying to work on, I thought he looked pretty decent as well. Um, you know, he's, he's, as, as he had said to us the last time we spoke to him, the big things for him are not getting knocked off the puck, maintaining good puck possession, winning board battles and, and battles down in the corner and whatnot. And he seemed to be doing um, a, a, quite a bit more of that uh, this time than even when we saw him three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I I think so. Um, he's he's still got a lot to work through, and and to to know when he, um, you know how how he can use his size to win those battles. Uh, he's still adjusting to all that. He's still adjusting to playing against uh, bigger players. Uh, ran into a bit of penalty trouble um, against Springfield. Uh, two minor penalties that that game and and uh so like i say he's still he's still working through all that stuff but um it's important that um he recognizes uh and and you know when we talk to him he certainly does the the kinds of things that he has to work on uh Mm -hmm. and that he's he's making an attempt on it and good on the the coaching staff for for letting him uh work through some of that stuff and and uh, knowing full well that it's uh, it's it's there's going to be some growing pains and he's going to make some mistakes um, as well along the way. 
Absolutely. I encourage people to go ahead and uh, head over to AHLReport.com and look for our recap from that game, uh, Springfield Thunderbirds versus the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and scroll down and take a listen to the postgame audio. Uh, We spoke with J.F. Barube uh, after the game, and um, we also spoke spoke to James DeHaas, who, as I aforementioned, scored his first uh, goal of the season but particularly our interview with Scott Gordon after the game. Um, Gordon is always a fantastic interview. He's very, um, he's very smart when it comes to analyzing his team and, and what happens on the ice. Uh, and I know in particular, Rick, you uh, were very interested in his comments about Mark Friedman's progressions from last year to this year um, and thought that they were not only insightful, but, but a really interesting perspective on the development of a defenseman uh, and and what his potential will be uh, for another call up to the NHL and sticking up there. So I encourage people to go ahlreport.com and and take a listen to that audio. Scott Gordon is a very intelligent coach um, and and one of the reasons that uh, he's been around as long as he has. and uh, the game against Springfield, uh, he moved into sole possession of, of uh, sixth place, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of wins um, and uh, just ahead of Randy Cunningworth. Um, he's, he's intelligent. He's honest. Um, pretty um, – talk about transparency. He's, he's pretty direct <laughs> as far as uh, his assessment of – Mm-hmm. of his players of where uh, where their strengths are and 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 uh areas uh, that improvement is needed and and um also is you know very consistent you're not going to you're not going he has a good overview of of how players move through through the process and and uh and the way they improve and and yeah but the his comments about Friedman were were um uh, per- particularly good and uh, always enjoy uh, speaking with him after games. Absolutely. uh, I do as well. And, and as you say, he is very, he's, he's pretty transparent and it's, he doesn't usually give you a lot of fluff uh, for his answers. He'll either answer them or he won't. And if he won't, he'll tell you why. Um, I can recall an evening that someone asked if, if he had given any consideration as to who was going to start in net the following night. And instead of some milk toast answer he simply said i'm still working on tonight's game i don't walk off the ice and just start uh thinking about tomorrow's game so i'll deal with tomorrow's game tomorrow right now i'm still still processing tonight and i was like allow me to stand up and applaud that's okay that's that's a great answer um so we will keep our eyes of course peeled uh on the phantoms they play the interesting thing is they had, we mentioned this on last week's show. So they played three and three this weekend, the game against Springfield we saw on Friday night. Then they traveled to Wilkes-Barre to play the Penguins on Saturday night before coming home Sunday afternoon uh, to play Hershey on Melvin's birthday. Uh, and this weekend they have yet another three and three. They play at home versus Bridgeport. They play at home versus Hartford and then they go on the road to play in Hershey on Sunday. So not only a three and three, but back to back three and threes, um, which can't be fun. It really can't be fun. So we'll keep you posted on, on all things happening there. Um, 
I'm going to switch gears, though, to the Laval Rocket. Um, they had been on a four-game, five-game losing streak. Again, as as we've said, Rick, um, you and Joseph on Canadians Connections talk all the time about how it's a roller coaster season for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and quite frankly, even though everyone wants to hype up the rocket that they are, you know, the, the shiny distraction and the, that they are going to be the solution for the good news of the organization for the year, because, you know, they're knee deep in a, in a push for the playoffs and so forth. Quite frankly, the Laval rocket has had an equally up and down roller coaster season. Um, finding consistency on this team is has has been quite the treasure hunt. Um, they'll win a few games and then they'll lose a bunch of games and then they'll win a g- bunch of games and then they'll lose a bunch of games. They they can't seem, you know, there is no like we won one, then we lost one, then we won two, then we lost one. They're, no, it, they go for big chunks at a time, and so they had been on a four or five game losing streak that ended on Wednesday night when Utica came to town um, and they won in overtime. So they did, uh, you know, we're talking about those playoff, that playoff push and, and the rocket had found themselves in fourth place, uh, which is the final spot in the North division for a playoff position. Um, but that all of the games this past week were against divisional rivals. So playing against Utica on home ice, great, they got the win, but they did give Utica a point that night. Even though uh, Utica is ahead of them in the standings, you're still giving away points to division rivals. Then they went and left on um, Thursday or Friday last week to kick off a five-game road trip, uh, and the first three games in that five game road trip are all division opponents. So they went to Belleville on Saturday night. We all know how things have gone against Belleville this season. In fact, they've only won once against Belleville. Um, and it's the team that they play 12 times this season. Caden Primo, Oh, three and one against Belleville going into that game Saturday night, Joel Bouchard chose to start him. Uh, and, uh, Caden Primo came out 0-3-2 against Belleville that night. Again, they managed to get a point out of it. This time they lost in overtime 3-2. So uh, Belleville still maintaining that first overall position in the North Division. The following day, they went to Toronto. Uh, The Marlies have have struggled mightily for the last... mm, six weeks or so uh, falling down in the standings after the really hot start that they had to begin the season. Um, but the last couple of games, they seem to have found a spark basically ever since the all-star break, the, the players in, in the Toronto Marlies organization have said they feel rejuvenated and it's showing in how they're playing hockey. And they absolutely destroyed Laval uh, on home ice in Toronto on Sunday afternoon, uh, Keith Kincaid was in net for that one, and Toronto won that one 5-2. to two. Now, I should mention, I did say that there's goaltending changes. That would be because um, Michael McNiven was recalled to Laval because uh, Caden Primo had to go up uh, because uh, Carey Price had the flu. So Primo went up. McNiven came up uh, from the ECHL 
just to fill in as the, uh, well, would have been the backup. He actually started the game against Utica at home on Wednesday night. Um, So he did get a win, an overtime win in his first AHL game this season. Um, But then in the process of him being up, his ECHL team went ahead and (laughs) signed a new goaltender. They traded for a goaltender. Uh, So Joel Bouchard has said, uh, well, we want him, you know, he hasn't had a goaltending coach all season. So we'd like him to work with Marco Marciano for a little while. So we're going to, we're going to have a three goaltender rotation in Laval. That's what we're going to do. And so Rick, uh, that's how it has begun. Um, So we've got three goaltenders in Laval and uh, they've, given up quite a few points to divisional opponents this week. So I don't think this was exactly the week that uh, all the, all the people hyping uh, Laval up in Montreal were, uh, were envisioning for this past seven days. Yeah. We've talked about the goaltending situation being um, a bit of a mess, uh, more than a bit of a mess uh, organizational, uh, organizational wide. Um, and um, the, 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 the fly in the ointment has been the signing of Keith Kincaid. Keith Kincaid, not happy. There was uh, the blow up at at practice, and and uh, uh, where he, you know, kind of firmly said that that he wasn't, um, you know, he didn't sign up for this, and 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 um, and that's fair. Um, although he hasn't really done anything to earn his way back. To Montreal, um, but it, it should be said that the Canadians said that uh, you know Keith's uh, visit to Laval would be short, that he needed to play a lot of games and would be returned, and that hasn't turned out to be the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's good good that that Michael McNiven is um, is is not dispatched at present anyway, and and does get you know he had trouble getting his own booking his own ice time so he's he's going to mm-hmm. get ice time going to get to spend a uh, good time with a uh, good bit of time with Marco Marciano that's that's good news as well uh, but we also know that um, Michael McNiven uh, plays his best when he's the guy um, we, right. we saw that when uh, Charlie Lindgren was was injured we saw that when he went down to the ECHL he plays best when he's the guy and certainly he's not the guy in a three goalie uh, rotation. Um, you know that uh, Laval has, has kind of stumbled uh, a bit. They're down to 17th overall in the, the AHL of 31 teams. Um, as you said, kind of bumped out of a, a playoff position by the Marlies, but, but all of those teams, whether it's Utica or, or, or Toronto, even Rochester, uh, Syracuse, they've all been, um, uh, you know, nobody's running away with it other than the Belleville Senators. That's uh, right. Who won nine of their last 10, seven straight. Um, interesting. I find it interesting in, in terms of the schedule makers that for seven straight games, one in, in uh, January and then to start February, Belleville played nobody except um, either the Toronto Marlies or the Laval Rocket. Um that's that's been their schedule seven games straight of of one of those two teams and they well, that's cleaned a little up. tiresome <laughs> uh, and and there's more to come there's more to come yeah. um uh, for belleville uh this weekend so 
um, they've they've done their job. They've beaten who they've had to to beat, but mm-hmm. it's uh, taken a toll on both the Marlies and and Rocket. And um, and right now the the Rocket are are floundering a bit, uh, even though. Uh, they've got a huge influx of talent um, with, uh, you know, all of the many, most of the top prospects coming back um, uh, to Laval from Montreal uh, with Fleury and, and uh, uh, Paling and Kokanyemi, uh all uh, providing an injection of talent and skill to that lineup. Uh, you did mention... Uh, Mentioning that, yes, Ryan Paling was sent down. Uh, you know, Kakiyami and Fleury had been sent down uh, the week prior. Uh, this past week, it was Ryan Paling uh, being sent down on Saturday morning, which <laughs> gigantic snowstorm hits Montreal. Uh, Laval is already in Belleville to play Belleville that night. And everyone, oh, do you think Ryan Paling will play tonight in Belleville? No. <laughs> No, he did not. Not that quick of a turnaround. He joined the team in Toronto on Sunday afternoon, so he did slot in for the Toronto game on Sunday. Um, and yeah, they're they're getting guys with um, NHL upside, getting guys with NHL experience. Kakinyemi, um, I I I give this kid a lot of credit. Um, as we talked about in depth last week, uh, completely blindsided by being sent down to the AHL for the first time in his career. Um, To his credit, he's centering the first line uh, with Charles Sudan uh, and was with Kevin Lynch for a bit. I believe Riley Barber has moved up um, to, to his right wing over the weekend. And in four games played, Jesperi Kakinemi has been, a point or more per game player in those four games. Uh, He has seven assists in those four games. Um, So he's, he's doing the right things. You can tell he's, uh, you know, gaining, probably gaining a little bit of confidence from that. Um, How soon will that translate into getting called back to the NHL? Who knows with, with, with the management at the NHL level and the decisions being made up there, who knows? Um, but I certainly uh, he's been fun to watch in the AHL, watching him, uh, you know, get on the score sheet in, in the assist column uh, quite a bit. Um, Kale Fleury has, uh, in fact, I think you said this to me the other day, uh, Rick, that Kale Fleury hasn't looked himself completely no. uh, since he's been sent down to Laval. No, he hasn't. Um, he's been, on the ice for a far too many goals against. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, his, his, his timing isn't right. Um, and you can understand that because the game is so much slower at the, the AHL level and he's having a hard time kind of adjusting uh, his, his gaps are off and um, uh, he's, he's trying to do too much with the puck. He's, He's kind of, um, you know, not using his, his line mates as well as um, he did. And at the NHL level where he would, um, uh, you know, he, he, he used his speed well. He used his size well. Um, he's, he's having a, a real difficulty readjusting to that, 
uh, pace at the AHL level, and and one wonders when he gets back to the the NHL level if if he'll be able to quickly adapt uh, once again. Um, just just no, he hasn't hasn't looked himself at all uh, since he's been back. He he was certainly uh, much better last year, looked much mm-hmm. better last year at the AHL level than he has so far uh, since he's returned from Montreal. We'll keep a close eye on that. Uh, hopefully, as you say, things uh, the pieces kind of start falling into place for him. Um, you know, understandable when players need to work on certain aspects of their game and they come down to the AHL to do that, but don't like to see a player uh, go backwards when they come down to the AHL. So hopefully this is a short-lived thing for Kale Fleury. But you mentioned... Um, you know, you mentioned these three prospects who've come back in the lineup. Uh, you know, there's, as with any team, there's injuries, there's call-ups. Uh, in fact, I see Anthony Marcotte um, tweeting today. They're in Utica right now uh, because they will be playing the Comets uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and they had an afternoon practice today, and I see Anthony Marcotte tweeted that Phil Veroni hurt himself during practice today, uh, what looked like something with his wrist and left practice early today. So we'll (laughs) keep an eye on uh, whether or not that's anything serious or not, but yeah, injuries happen. Call-ups happen. Um, You know, we just got done talking about how Scott Gordon had to deal with Morgan Frost getting called up two hours before uh, his game on Friday night, but that that's kind of the nature of the beast. We, we're talking about the Belleville Senators who are dominating the North Division. Troy Mann has had an enormous amount of roster movement this year. Um, it's just part and parcel of being in the development league. Uh, the job of the development league at the AHL is to feed the NHL team that, that the AHL team is affiliated with. Um, so, yeah, you're constantly going to have injuries, call-ups, ECHL call-ups, PTO signings. There's always going to be somebody new in your lineup. But the word that we keep hearing now um, out of, uh, you know, press coming out from around the the Laval Rocket and and from the coach himself, you're hearing the word cohesive and cohesion and that they're just – that team chemistry – uh, he even flat out said, I, I believe it was, it might have been Wednesday night, the home game against Utica, where he flat out said that he had a better squad of guys six weeks ago when, as he put it, they were, it was just all blue collar guys who had bought into the culture of the team and had come together to face adversity when the, when, when all of the call-ups and injuries had happened and that now that he's been getting all of these reinforcements and new guys coming into the lineup, that that cohesiveness isn't there anymore. And there's guys with, you know, NHL experience and, and so forth that perhaps aren't as coachable. And I, I, I flat out said it the other night on Twitter you know what? I don't buy it. Every single coach in the AHL deals with this night in and night out. You, the, 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 the point of being a coach in the AHL, the way to get into the playoffs and be successful in the playoffs is that you find a way to win despite the adversity in your roster. And despite the constant additions and subtractions and new faces in your lineup, you find a way to win in spite of all of that 
you don't use it as a crutch or an excuse. And for me, Rick, I frankly, I'm just, I've about had it about up to here with the, oh, well, the chemistry just isn't there because we've got new faces again. Uh, there, there just isn't, um, you know, we've, we've been fortunate to, to talk with uh, over the years, uh, a number of, of excellent coaches um, who, who have a vision, um, who are consistent, who are honest, uh, who have the ability to break down a game, to break down a player. Um, and um, we're just not we're, we're just not seeing that in this case. Um, it seems like um, a, a bevy of excuses and, and those excuses can can often conflict um, game to game or, uh, so, uh, you know, it, I, I, I was, uh, a, a bit taken aback for, for a coach to complain about a huge influx of skill and talent is just beyond me. And to say that he prefers the, the lunch bucket guys, um, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's used that term blue collar. He's used the, the beer league kind of guys that he likes best. Mm-hmm. He likes working with the, uh, the ECHL guys who are just happy to be in the AHL and, and um, you know, in, in, in the AHL, as you said, there's always changes. There's always, that's um, the, the lineup is always in flux. That's the thing that is con- consistent in the AHL. Um, and to say that there's a, um, you know, a lack of chemistry uh, amongst the players with, with, with any of these uh, there's, there's, there's organizational chemistry. These players Mm -hmm. aren't unfamiliar with each other. They know each other. They played with each other. Um, And uh, it's, 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 it's an excuse that just doesn't pass a smell test. It, It really doesn't just as last year, um, the the um, mantra that kept being repeated is, you know, the youngest team in the league, which turned out not to be the case. But, you know, that was that was a choice. That was that was the choice. And in in this case, it's the choice to have uh, to bury a lot of of bad NHL contracts in the AHL. So there's a, a, a ton of money and a ton of NHL experience with the Laval Rocket, and then to take um, three of your best prospects and, and uh, to try and, and boost their chances of, of making the playoffs to, to toss them. And, and, and the coaches complaining about that. It's just, um, it's, it's lame. It it really is lame. And that's the only way I can, I can describe it. It is. And as I say, I I've, I'm fed up with the excuses. I mean, I know, you know, he was mocked tremendously uh, for the uh, no excuses motto uh, when Michelle Therrien was, was coaching um, the Montreal Canadiens. But quite frankly, I'm all in on that. No excuses. You can make excuses till the cows come home. You can make excuses until you're blue in the face or you can come up with a plan and, and get answers and figure it out. Um, and at this point, as I, as we just said at the beginning of this segment, 
We're less than two weeks away from the trade deadline. And at the, be- at the end of this week, we will be two months out of the final game of the regular season. Um, right now, the Rocket are trending downward. They've lost their, their, I think they've lost seven of their last 10, uh, whether in regulation or overtime. Um, it's not the direction they want to be going in. They're playing Utica tomorrow night. That's another uh, back to, they played them at home last week. They're playing them on the road this week. Um, and they've still got to play before the end of the month. They're going to play Belleville again. They're going to play Toronto again. They're also going to play Utica another time and they're going to play Rochester. So they've got uh, you know a heavy dose of divisional play this month. And a lot of it is on the road. Uh, they're not doing as well on the road this year. Um, they need to find ways to put the pieces together because if they don't, they are going to find themselves on the outside looking in and all of the happy go lucky stories that everyone wants to say, you know, I mean, I, I know everyone's still clinging to this godforsaken hope that the Habs are going to somehow manage to squeak into the playoffs. I still don't think that, yes, while there is a mathematical probability, the real life reality check is that that's not going to happen and Laval is not there yet they still have a a legitimate shot uh, at making the playoffs but they can't have another weekend like they had like they did this last weekend Um, and is it the roster is it the coaching is it a combination is it the system is it what is it what's the answer uh, because let me tell you what, if if the Habs AHL affiliate misses the playoffs again this year, hmm, that's two years for Joel Bouchard, who was supposed to come in and be this miracle worker. Um, and I would I would imagine that there's going to be some really big eyes on on the organization as a whole if they don't make the playoffs at the NHL level and if they miss the playoffs at the AHL level again. So it's crunch oh, time. They, 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 they can't miss the playoffs. I mean, this, this <laughs> no, no, they can't. Um, no, uh, um, I, I fully expect them to make the playoffs and, and win a couple of rounds the way the roster is built. Um, you know, other, other AHL coaches would be salivating over the roster that Joel Bouchard has. Um, he has a ton of, of NHL experience. Um, the the uh, defense alone, um, mm-hmm. you know, may, maybe they're they're not uh, ready for for the NHL, but uh, that defense alone is is a powerhouse in the uh, in the AHL. Uh, they they give up the second fewest number of shots um, uh, per, per game. Um, they can shut down a, a team easily. They've had some trouble scoring, but um, there's, there's no way that this r- roster uh, with, and, and now with all of their, their top prospects uh, coming back and that huge uh, influx of talent, there's no way that this team uh, should be able uh, should miss the playoffs. They're, they're, it's just there's something seriously wrong if they do. Absolutely, I I would agree. Uh, I'm also going to pass along a piece of breaking news that just came across the wire uh, to us, and that is coming from the Laval Rocket, and that is that the Rocket have 
agreed to terms uh, on a one-year, one-way AHL contract with Yannick Veya. Um, now, Veya, thankfully, has been uh, playing for the last few uh, games because of um, other veterans being out of the lineup. He was a healthy scratch for a lot of nights because of the veteran rule. Um, but in the time that he had been signed to his PTO, he made an impact. He was, he was playing great hockey. It looks like uh, Laval has decided they want to keep him around. So uh, that's a one-year, one-way AHL contract for the 2019-20 season for Yannick Veja. Um so congratulations, um, and it'll be interesting to see, as you say, with this influx of, of prospects coming down, um, how they're going to fit all of the pieces together. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. That's And, and just before we leave the prospects, um, kind of to end on a good note, uh, first of all, um, uh, Xavier Willett's up with, with the Canadians, uh, the, the mm-hmm. captain of the Laval Rocket. Um He's looked exactly the same as he's always looked in the NHL. Foot speed's an issue. Uh, um, you know, he can make a good first pass. Um, he can make a very good play, and then he makes uh, a dumb decision, and 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 it it costs his team. That's that's his resume. That's his NHL resume. Nothing's changed there. Christian mm-hmm. Folan didn't look that great, and and it sat out the last couple of games, but. Jake Evans uh, played two games, uh, almost scored on his very first shift with a breakaway, um, um, and uh, last night was able to get his uh, very first NHL goal. And, and it's tough because uh, it seems that, that first goals uh, for the, the prospects have come in losses, and, and last night was, was a loss for, um, for the Canadians losing to the Coyotes. But uh, So it kind of stifles the the celebration a bit but uh jake evans was still he said he was so excited he had chills he wanted to scream um and uh it was truly a um a dream that that came true for him and and um very happy for jake evans uh he's looked pretty good in in his two games in the nhl yes he has um and uh i'm sure you'll have more commentary on this uh later and, and perhaps even on the Canadians connection uh, podcast this week. But uh, of course, all the buzz is that uh, Scott Wheeler has, has listed the Canadians prospects as number two in his prospect rankings. Uh, I think the flyers came in at eighth. Was it eighth? I think that's right. Flyers. Um, so whether you agree or disagree, that's at least some, someone is saying, Hey, that got a good prospect pool there in Montreal. So, so we we'd like to say okay, so don't screw it up. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep them trending upward. We like that. We like that a lot. Um, with that, we are going to take one quick break. On the other side, we're going to go around the AHL. We've got some uh, some great things to talk about and some big news happening in the league. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this brief message. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. 
Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box, right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at the AHL Report. That's where you'll find our live game coverage all throughout the week, as well as articles, game recaps, uh, exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else. So be sure you're following us at the AHL Report, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. So be sure to reach out on, on the socials as they say. Uh, Rick, we're back with segment two, which is the time where we go around the AHL. And of course, we'll kick things off with the CCM AHL player of the week. Uh, And for Phantoms fans, this will be a very familiar name as it is one of the Hershey Bears defenseman, Christian Juice. Uh, He registered seven points in three games played for Hershey last week, including a game-winning goal uh, to go along with six assists and uh, doing so helped the bears move into sole possession of first place in the AHL's Atlantic division. Um, So sounds like Christian juice uh, is having as a defenseman to have a seven point uh, week is uh, it's pretty good. I think that's, uh, I think that's well-deserved. And certainly helped uh, Hershey, as you said, to move into first place in the Atlantic division, uh, winning, uh, eight of their last 10 and, and, uh, and bumping out Hartford, uh, for that honor. Mm-hmm. Um, what we now want to talk about a little bit, um, is a bit of news that we, if you have, if, if for some reason you missed last week's episode of from the press box, Highly recommend you, uh, wherever you listen to our podcast, go back and listen to last week's episode. Uh, Most importantly, uh, the second segment, this segment, uh, where we had an exclusive interview with Patrick Williams, the AHL correspondent for NHL.com, also the AHL correspondent for EP Rinkside. Um, And Patrick joined us last week to to talk about uh, Dave Andrews' State of the League address at the AHL All-Star Game uh, earlier in the week. And one of the things that he had touched on was the announcement that had come out that uh, Las Vegas was uh, had made public the knowledge that they were looking to purchase their own AHL franchise. Currently, uh, their AHL affiliate is the Chicago Wolves, but Las Vegas doesn't own the Chicago Wolves. They are independently owned, privately owned. And so Vegas kind of, you know, shook things up a bit when they said, hey, we want to own our own AHL affiliate. We would like them to play here in Vegas. Uh, and so then all of the speculation started. Patrick went into uh, great knowledge and detail on, on what that would mean and, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So I, of course, invite people to go listen to that interview because it's great. Um, then the next day after that happened, 
um, big shakeup around the league when suddenly it was announced that the Vegas Golden Knights purchased an AHL affiliate and they're going to move it. They purchased the San Antonio Rampage, who is currently the AHL affiliate of the St. Louis Blues. Now, the San Antonio Rampage are uh, were owned by a private entity called uh, Spurs Sports and Entertainment. Um, and Vegas purchased the team from them and will move them to Vegas uh, next year. Um, now, the deal is contingent on approval by the AHL Board of Governors, um, but that's basically a formality at this point, uh, likely will happen. So what does that mean? There's, there's, there's some big ramifications to that. First of all, um, that leaves San Antonio and its fans and their building without a hockey team for next year. Uh, they've been playing in San Antonio for 18 years. Um, also, that means that the Chicago Wolves need to find a new affiliate because they, they will no longer be affiliated with Vegas. And it also means that the St. Louis Blues need to find a new affiliate because San Antonio was their affiliate. By Vegas purchasing the team and moving into Vegas, uh, it essentially is breaking uh, – a five San Antonio uh, had a five year affiliation agreement with St. Louis that just started, I think two or three years ago. So they're in the middle of a, an affiliation agreement, but that means the blues are out of luck as well. Um, so Rick, my goodness, uh, what a shakeup, not to mention the fact that um, it came as a big shock to Everyone in San Antonio, uh, the the broadcasters, the beat writers, the fans are all devastated by the news. Um, there are, of course, plenty of them saying, "Why not make this announcement after the season is over?" Because now, uh, you know, they they were just starting season ticket sales for next year, and and uh, now everyone's kind of like, "Well, what's the point? Why should we even care?" Um, at the same time, Vegas is excited that they're getting an affiliate and they're getting an affiliate in, in Las Vegas that's going to be nearby. Um, just a whole mix of emotions across the AHL this week. Uh, big, just a big shakeup. And uh, this, this, this has big ramifications. It's almost too bad that, that Vegas and, and St. Louis aren't in the same division um, because yeah. <laughs> uh, Vegas has, has bumped uh, St. Louis out of, a, uh, out of an affiliate twice. Um, St. Louis uh, was affiliated with the, or, or Chicago Wolves were affiliated with St. Louis and then comes along Vegas and, and punts them out of there. And, and St. Louis had to, to scramble a bit. And now they've kind of done it again. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting the way that has all worked out. But um, you know, it, it, when all of this started happening, it, it reminded me of a conversation I had uh, with a member of the Vegas Golden Knights um, management, and and uh, at the time they said, you know, we we're talking about their affiliation with Chicago, and and they said that. You know, the owner wanted to um, uh, focus on 
on uh, building from the draft and developing draft picks. And, and uh, so I said, how, how's that going to work? Because pretty well known that Chicago is kind of a, uh, a uh, in the AHL is one of those win now kind of teams. They, they are independently owned and, and they like to, they, they, they would do away with, with the whole development um, if if they had their druthers, uh, they they want to win. They want to win, and they want to be competitive every single year. Um, and uh, similar a bit to 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 uh, Hershey, a very independently minded, and and so mm-hmm. that those two philosophies were never gonna were never gonna work. They made it work um, as as uh, Vegas was was new to the league and needed an affiliate and. Uh, but it was never going to be a long-lasting um, marriage, so I'm not I'm not surprised to see Vegas want to go out on their own and and have and actually purchase uh, an AHL um, affiliate that they can uh, guide and and uh, and implement their own uh, philosophy about uh, feeding uh, their NHL team. Um, but it's you know and and um, Dave Andrews has has had to deal with these things in the in the past, um, with these kinds of 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 movements and and um, and and the potential of of uh, pulling out from a uh, you know a, a a city where where they have supported the team kind of faithfully and and uh, he's had to manage these kind of situations. Um, as they did when when some of the cities were were left without a team uh, in the east when they made their push to um, move some franchises west and and mm-hmm. so we'll see we'll see if the ECHL uh, moves in there we'll we'll see what happens but um, for now it's it's uh, it's a bit of a, a domino effect that's happening and um, you know it's it's too soon to to know how that's all going to play out. Absolutely. Um, I, I will uh, credit Patrick Williams with, with one more uh, source here. He's actually, for EP Ringside, he's, he's written a pretty lengthy article that details all of this. Um, and so I'm just pulling a couple of stats from, from that. Um, you know, he, he mentions that, okay, so as far as the Blues, what are their options? Well, um, the Wolves won't be without will be without an affiliation and, and Chicago isn't all that far um, for, you know, quick flights between St. Louis and Chicago. So that, that could be a natural fit. You know, St. Louis loses their AHL affiliate. The Chicago Wolves lose their NHL affiliate. The two of them could get together and say, okay, let's just solve this the quick way and easy way. Um, But don't know if the blues are going to, do something like that. Um, in addition, uh, interesting thing that he mentions in, in this article uh, is how this impacts the Texas Stars. Uh, years ago, uh, the AHL lost the Houston Arrows. They've now left, lost the San Antonio Rampage. That leaves Texas, the Texas Stars, uh, who are uh, two hours north of San Antonio, big rivalry between San Antonio and the Texas stars uh, that goes away. And um, he says here that without San Antonio, without a hockey club in San Antonio, the Texas stars are looking at 
future seasons now in which every single road trip will require a flight. And I think that's one thing people in the East kind of forget about is that the Western Conference is really spread out and travel for the Western Conference is a lot more expensive because of all of the, the air travel that has to take place. So now the Texas Stars are in a situation where they might have to fly for every single road trip that they take. Um, that changes things for that franchise on, on a number of different levels. So, um, my gosh, just so many, there's so many pieces to this puzzle, so many cogs in the wheel. And as you said, Rick, it's a domino effect. Uh, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how all of this plays out. Um, I think more than a few feathers are going to be ruffled in this process. Uh, and, and just to provide um, some context, um, the, the Laval Rocket, for example, um, and as, as most teams in the East, they, they bust to most of their games. There's only two um, two teams that they play against where they have to take a flight, and that's uh, the Cleveland Monsters and the Manitoba Moose. Um, the other um, thing I'll just add in is, is um, we're talking about pretty loyal fan bases. The, the Chicago Wolves uh, this season are, are eighth in terms of uh, average attendance, uh, just behind Lehigh Valley Phantoms, who are in seventh. Um, and um, the San Antonio Rampage um, are are very close to the uh, Laval Rocket in and around the 12th spot. Um, they're getting a, as many fans as Laval, and and um, so these these are two um, successful markets for the AHL where um, mm-hmm. they're 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 not going to want to uh, lose them at all. No. This uh, this story will continue developing. We'll be sure to keep you uh, keep you updated on it. It's uh, yes, it's exciting to hear about um, you know new things that are happening for Vegas and and as the the West continues to grow and expand. Um, but also it, it's uh, it's a sad day for the folks in San Antonio. Um, Eighteen years with a hockey team, uh, people without jobs come the fall. Um, it's also so it's a it's a bit of a mixed bag as far as emotions go for it. Uh, so we will keep you posted on on how that progresses. Um, on a positive note, though, Rick, we have to talk about what is quite possibly one of the most fun AHL stories of the week, and it comes from our friends uh, in Binghamton, the Binghamton Devils. Noticed the other night, uh, the Binghamton Devils were out on a road trip, and Binghamton had a huge snowstorm. And in a very tongue-in-cheek manner, our our friend Rob Lapolis, who is the play-by-play broadcaster for Binghamton, uh, said on the air that night, gosh, you know, anybody anybody that would like to uh, head over to the parking lot at the rink and clean off the whole team's cars for when we we pull back in with the buses tonight, that'd be great. Um, Completely joking. Not serious. Well, the team arrived back in Binghamton that night got off the bus and everybody's cars in the lot were cleaned off from snow. And all that was left was a little handwritten note on a yellow piece of paper that said, my son heard you on the broadcast and was excited to clear all the snow off the cars after the game. Awesome weekend of hockey and welcome home. And his son signed it, Landon Vest, go devils. Well, my goodness, 
what a what an incredible young man to want to do that. So Rob Lopolis and the Binghamton Devils took a picture of this note and set out the call. It said, Internet, Twitterverse, help us find little Landon. We've got to get this guy a Zamboni ride, some autographs, some merch. We've got, like, this is, wow, this was incredible. And sure enough, Rick, the Internet came through. And today, if you go to the Binghamton Well Devils uh, Twitter timeline today, you'll see pictures of little Landon. He's eight years old. Uh, cleaning off the cars for the Binghamton Devils. Uh, You know, I say tip of the hat to his parents uh, for for raising a a kid that just wants to help out and uh, looks like he and his family are going to get invited to the game for some pretty special events on Friday. Well, and, and, and you got to think that uh, yes, uh, great for him uh, to to feel that um, and and his parents for for taking him down when he said I want to go clean the cars off it's it's probably uh, <laughs> you know when he said it on the Rob said it on the broadcast probably kind of late probably past a, a bedtime when <laughs> when they went down and 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 uh, and cleaned off all those cars and got it done and got home uh, wonderful incredible story um, there's some uh, the, Great stories, great people like that uh, in the AHL and, and great fans, too. And, and always happy to hear those kinds of heartwarming things um, that that uh, that make us feel good about our sport. Absolutely. And it gives you hope in this in today's world. It gives you hope. There's there's some really good people out there and, and the hockey community is full of them. Um Quickly, we'll just take a look at the standings before we break for our next segment. Uh, We did mention that Belleville is hanging out at the top of the North Division um, pretty dominantly. They are up there by eight points over top of Rochester. Uh, Hershey has now slid into a three-point lead at the top of the Atlantic Division over the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, For the Phantoms, they're still uh, hanging out at number seven in the Atlantic. They are six points behind the Thunderbirds who are in sixth place for the Laval rocket. They have slipped to fifth place. So they are tied for fourth with the Toronto Marlies tomorrow, uh, but Toronto has a better winning percentage. So they, they have fourth place. Laval has fifth. The interesting thing for the North division. And as we mentioned, the, these upcoming games for Laval are so important. So they're tied at 53 points with the Toronto Marlies directly behind them in sixth place is the Syracuse crunch who are only two points behind the Laval Rocket. Behind them, tied for seventh, seventh and eighth place, are the Binghamton Devils and the Cleveland Monsters, tied at 48 points, which is just five points behind Laval and Toronto, who are tied for that fourth point, fourth place position. So five points separates fourth place and eighth place in the North Division. Every point is going to count going forward. And I think, Rick, the race to the postseason in the North Division is going to be a nail-biter. It is. And and there's going to be, um, as we said before, the NHL tra- trade deadline can have major a major impact on the AHL. And we can see some uh, either talent arrive um, – uh, to help out some of these teams or or be traded away. So uh, there's there's when, when there's such a, a small margin, 
um, there's there's going to be movement um, following the trade line. That's that's guaranteed. Absolutely. We will continue to keep an eye on it. It's going to get interesting. You don't want to miss an, any minute of hockey coming forward uh, and we'll, we'll have all of it for you Uh, right now. What we have for you is a quick break on the other side of it. We'll go beyond the AHL and you know, we just haven't talked about Trois Riviere in, in a really long time or since last week, but Hey, there's new news. So stick around and we'll give that to you right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back again to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Once again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. We love interacting with our fans all week long. We would love to hear from you, uh, whether you've got questions, comments, feedback, or just want to chat about hockey. We would love to hear from you at the AHL Report. Um, but of course, here at the AHL Report, we don't just focus on the AHL. We talk about draft prospects. We talk about the NCAA. We talk about European leagues. And we talk about the ECHL as well. And quite frankly, we've been chatting an awful lot the last few weeks about a little town called Trois-Rivières in Quebec. Uh, and uh, this saga of are they going to have an ECHL affiliate in their new arena or are they not? Uh, has gone on and on and on. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Are the Canadians going to be affiliated? We don't know. Um, And now, Rick, it seems that even though we just talked about this last week, more developments have taken place. Can you catch us up on what the latest is coming out of Trois-Rivières? Well, there's been so many developments. Um, I I don't know where we left off, to be honest. (laughs) And, and, And it's funny because we updated... Um, we, we talked about it last Tuesday. There were updates for Saturday uh, that we spoke mm-hmm. about on the Canadians Connection podcast. And then things have happened since Saturday. Um, so, um, you know, as you said, kind of on again, off again. Uh, the, the owner of, of uh, the Growlers, uh, ECHL affiliate for the, the Leafs, that's Dean McDonald. Um, wanted to bring a crew, to, wanted to bring a, 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 a another ECHL team um, to Trois-Rivières. 
and um, and, and and you know we uh, I've been asked why why would he want to do that? Well, in the ECHL, it's not um, uh, uncommon, and it's allowed for uh, an uh, a, a person to own more than one team. Um, and in this case, Dean McDonald would like to do that because. Um, you were speaking about travel earlier for for Texas. Uh, the 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 travel for the Newfoundland Growlers is is tough, and and um, and getting a, a rivalry built is is tough. So having another Canadian team, especially, you know that that Leafs Canadians kind of of, of uh, rivalry would would benefit the Newfoundland Growlers. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's on board to to uh, bring this, and they have a brand new arena to fill, fifty three million dollar arena to fill in Trois Rivières. Um, so the difficulty the here has been uh, the Canadians, whether they're on board, or they're not on board, and the latest is they they've said they have nothing to do with this; they're just interested observers. Um, so. You know the the mayor had uh, Jean Lamarche for Trois Rivières and said, okay, fine. Uh, we need uh, the Canadians to be involved, and if not, um, then we're going to decline the uh, proposal. That's come back a couple of times, and Dean McDonald met with uh, the uh, Trois Rivières uh, um, uh, folks last week to make mm-hmm. another presentation, and uh, the the person. Making this presentation, Dean McDonald has always said he wants uh, a local partner uh, to be involved with. And sitting at the table making that presentation was none other than Marc-Andre Bergeron, uh, former uh, Montreal Canadian uh, defenseman. Now, wait a minute. Wasn't we talk about (laughs) Marc-Andre Bergeron before? Yes, we Mm -hmm. did. Uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron was hired by the mayor of Trois-Rivières and council of Trois-Rivières to go out and find, he was the, the envoy for them to uh, bring a team in. Uh, He was dismissed (laughs) when um, uh, that didn't work out in December. So um, Dean McDonald swooped in and said, how about switching sides and pitch for us? And that's exactly what he did. Um, Wow. So that has happened. Well, um, last night, um, uh, speaking to a uh, 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 St. John's radio station, um, that's Monday Night Sports Show with Ben Murphy, to give credit, uh, Dean McDonald said that, um, yes, it's back on. Uh, yes, that uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron is, is going to be involved and hinted that Bergeron uh, might be the uh, president of the new um, club. Um, he said that, um, um, it, it's looking good. He would, he would say the odds are now 50, 50, uh, to getting this, uh, affiliation agreement done after the meeting, um, last week. Um, and, uh, and, and was quite, quite hopeful. Um, he asked, uh, he was asked some specific questions about the league's rules, uh, on owning more than one franchise. And a new piece of information uh, said that um, oh. the ECHL mandates that there can be no trading between uh, those two teams that are owned by the same uh, person. Um, oh, really? So, 
yeah, I thought that was that was kind of interesting, but didn't necessarily um, 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 specify more on on the trade. But it looks like this situation is uh, back on. Um, he <laughs> Dean McDonald also spoke about uh, the relationship with the Montreal Canadiens because Trois Rivieres has said they must be involved. Um, and the Canadians uh, have said, we've got nothing to do with this. We're just observers. Dean McDonald has said, uh, well, not quite the case. We've had some very serious uh, discussions. And once we get this, this agreement done, if we get it done with uh, Trois Rivieres Council and Mayor, uh, then uh, we're set to go because we've, with the Canadians, uh, and uh, we'll work things out because we've already had uh, great discussions with them. Glenn Stanford, who we know uh, personally mm-hmm. and, and was involved with the St. John's Ice Caps affiliation with, uh, with the Canadians. Uh, he's got that, that end covered. Um, so um, it, according to Dean McDonald, uh, flip a coin, uh, odds are 50, 50. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that means we're going to be uh, talking about this again. And I guarantee it's going to change 20 times before a final answer, one way or another, uh, is determined. So stay tuned. The soap opera will continue. Um, One thing that we do know, though, right, or has this changed as well, is that we do know that the Canadians will be without an ECHL affiliate yet again next year, though. Is that correct? There's been been mixed signals on that um some are saying it's still possible for this fall uh but from what we've heard from the echl that that this uh, this this would be considered an expansion um uh, franchise for the echl so the expansion deadline was was mid-december uh so from their side we'd be looking at 20 2020, 2020, no, 2021, 2022, uh, for this. So uh, the, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to commit on that because we're getting, we're getting mixed uh, messages. Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> another bit of information from Mark Andre Bergeron, um, that the name for the team has been chosen and the mascot has been designed. Well, how can you do <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. Okay. I know, I know. I'm <laughs> glad that we're putting the cart before the horse here. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And what if? I know. Okay. What it? Okay. So <laughs> if the Canadians say that they don't have have anything to do with this, but a team name and mascot has been this, what if Canadians don't like it? What if they had nothing to do with the creation of that? What if they don't like it? Oh, this I, opens up a whole I don't new know. can of I just, <laughs> I don't Could we know. do things like in order and in a normal, sensical business fashion? Could, could is that too much to ask? Apparently, it is. We'll keep you posted. This saga will continue. Uh, what we will also do is keep you apprised of all of the hockey action happening this week for the Laval Rocket and Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, Laval continues their road trip all this week, so I'll have uh, live game coverage of all three of their games on Twitter as well as full game recaps uh, on the AHL report. Uh, they will play in Utica tomorrow night, Wednesday night. 
They will then move to Hartford, where they will play the Wolfpack on Friday night, and then they'll finish up their road trip in Providence, Rhode Island, on Sunday afternoon for a matinee against the Providence Bruins. Um, for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, as we mentioned, they have another three and three this weekend at home against Bridgeport, at home against Hartford on Saturday, and on the road in Hershey on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I'll have live game updates of the Saturday night game against Hartford. Um, back-to-back Hartford coverage for me, actually, because uh, Laval will be playing Hartford in Hartford on Friday, and then Hartford comes to Allentown to play the Phantoms on Saturday night. Uh, So we'll have all sorts of coverage there, of course. Uh, Be sure you check out AHLReport.com. My friend and colleague and teammate Chris G. has his latest Rocket Notepad out, so you want to take a look at that article uh, with some great uh, perspective and and updates from Chris G. on all things happening Laval Rocket. And uh, as we mentioned, follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. You can also find Rick at All Habs, and you can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, and Rick, for people who want to go back and listen to archives of our past ep- uh, episodes, like that one from last week where Patrick Williams uh, had a great interview with us, um, or if they want to find the Canadians Connection podcast with you and Joseph Whalen, where can people go to find those? Well, Rocket Sports Radio is all you need to know. Just um, whatever your favorite, whatever you're using for uh, podcasts, uh, your favorite app, just um, search for Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, you'll get the Canadians Connection. That's the live uh, podcast that we do, uh, that I do with Joseph Whalen uh, every Saturday afternoon. Uh, and you'll get this podcast uh, uh, from the press box. Uh, and I believe you did a little experiment Um um, that uh, you were e- even able to find it uh, with the help of Alexa, that she found um, right, Rocket Sports Radio as well. Um, so that's another way of, of uh, tracking down uh, any of these podcasts. Uh, we're, we're, we're everywhere and, uh, and uh, glad to make it available for you to keep you updated on the Montreal Canadiens and also everything about uh, uh, the AHL, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and the Laval Rockets. Absolutely. And Rick, you're right. I did a little experiment. If you have an Alexa enabled device, just say, hey, Alexa, play Rocket Sports Radio podcast. And sure enough, Alexa will say, sure, I'm now playing the latest episode on Rocket Sports Radio. And uh, it, at the time, it was uh, your latest episode of Canadians Connection with Joseph. So just tell Alexa who you want to listen to, and that would be Rocket Sports Radio. Um, thanks so much for joining us. I wish, Rick, I must say, I wish you and all of our listeners a very happy Valentine's Day this week. Uh, Valentine's too. Day is on Friday. Uh, so happy Valentine's Day to everyone. There's lots of hockey that night, so I think that, w- uh, <laughs> I think that everyone will be celebrating with lots of good hockey. Um and uh, be sure to follow along with us on Twitter. We'll be back here again next week for another great episode of From the Press Box. Until then, enjoy your week and have a great weekend. Enjoy the hockey. We'll see you next week.